It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the composer for Nope, Michael Abels. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pictures could move, we had skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. No, no, no. Uh, Michael, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. It's no worries. Good, good. Technology, you know how it is. <laughs> Love the piano there in the background. How uh, how apt of you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, that's, it's not a prop. I actually use it. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured as much. Uh, so first of all, I want to say welcome back to the show. We haven't had you back on here since your collaboration with Peel on us uh, a couple of years ago. You've been quite busy in the meantime uh, since then. Your first two credits were for working with him on Get Out and then Us. And now between uh, Us and Nope, you've actually had quite a few other scores come out for films such as uh, Bad Education, which we were uh, fans of, See You Yesterday, All Day and Night. So you've been pretty busy. Thank you. Yeah, I, I um, it's been one after another, and it's been a really a joy. Well, I mean, I think that a large reason why people want to work with you is because, I mean, the talent is so apparent in all of the work that you put into, um, not just your collaborations with Peel, but with everyone. And it's so diverse, too. Uh, the range that you've been able to accomplish specifically now with Nope uh, is really astonishing because it's such a blend of different genres of music, which I really enjoyed a lot. Um, I want to first start off talking about that. Can you uh, talk about um, how you were able to take elements of the Western, the horror genre, sci-fi, put them all together to create something that just sounded wholly unique and original? So, yeah, I think that Jordan's ability to connect different cultural references is is one of the main features of um, his brand. And so whenever he 
uh, wants to reference something, I'm really happy to follow through and help the musical uh, aspect of that be just as rich as the visuals and uh, any other part of it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, especially in this film in particular, I found the music to be so menacing of this, like, you know, I, I think I said something to the extent in my review for this movie about how, just like how the um, unknown identified flying object is hovering over our characters in this movie, your music is also looming over everything that's happening just with this sense of dread. And I really, really liked that aspect of it, but I think the part where I was most attuned was in the finale where OJ's having his... I guess you could call it a standoff, if you will, almost a Western standoff. Uh, with... Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I, I just love how you hearken back to especially uh, classical elements of the Western genre in that moment. Can you talk about uh, just that scene in particular and how your music played a role in creating that? Yeah. Well, it's you got it right in that it's it's a Western standoff and mm -hmm. uh, it's and the environment of the the valley and the dust uh, really also play into the the visual element of of recalling a western. But mm -hmm. of course, there are these unforgettable Jordan Peele um, touches added to it. So the the in the music there, we have to really get that OJ is potentially sacrificing his his life to to distract in order to save his uh, his sister or to give her an opportunity to um, execute the next part of the uh, plan. Mm -hmm. um, so for him to and because he's an animal trainer, you know, he understands the need of a predator animal um, and kind of understands what's happening in a way that maybe no one else in the film does. So. Mm -hmm. We just had to feel the big, it's, it's, a, it's a big larger than life emotion that is expressed so well in, in film when the lead character faces off the, the, you know, faces off the fear and confronts it. And the, the music had to be just as large as that picture. And it had to, you had to really feel what it was like for him to um, give himself up in front of his sister it's it's a very powerful scene and i was thrilled to be able to set it to music i agree no it definitely hit me there at the end as well and i thought it actually had helped the film end on a very strong note overall uh okay. in working with the sound team for this film because i'm just like so amazed by the whole soundscape of no mm, thank you you have to work, I imagine, very, very closely with the mixing team, the sound editing team, because there are moments where sometimes I don't know, is the sound I'm hearing screams of horses, people? Is that Michael's score? Uh, I don't know. And there are times where I wonder how much are you uh, working alongside the sound team to create those um atmospheric sounds i'll call them that really kind of hang over the landscape in this hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, um, I worked with Johnny Byrne, the sound designer, um, more closely than I ever have in any other film. Mm -hmm. um, the, the link between uh, Johnny and Snacky, the music editor, and me had to really be strong in this film. And Jordan wanted it that way from the start. He was clear as to how the the sound design and the musical textural elements that could sound like sound design, the things you're referencing, mm -hmm. um, the music textures had to feel very organic as if they might be sound. Mm -hmm. So, um, and sometimes Johnny was providing the textures, like the screams that you mentioned, that's his work. Yeah. And yet you, you, you felt how that those things went in and out of the score in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. So it was very important that we work together and know and the left hand know what the right was doing. Also, um, um, specifically, the music was, um, a lot of it was striped more than another film. Striped meaning that the elements of the orchestra even were recorded on separate tracks mm -hmm. so that um, something could be isolated so that when we really put the sound and the music together, we had a lot of flexibility in mixing mixing them in just the right balance for Jordan. Sure. There's a lot of moments, too, in this movie where I notice where music will entirely cut out of a scene to illustrate uh, dread or terror. Um, how involved are you in the process of, you know, giving input? Or is that something where Peel just makes his decision and you're just following his vision? Well, you it, he wants part, my job is to my job is to give the director options, mm -hmm. you know, and because I'm the music music guy, I, he needs to have musical options. Mm -hmm. But the choice is always with the director. And Jordan is really good about um, he loves having options, even options that he hadn't expected. You know, he likes being challenged by creative choices, but he's also really good about making that final decision. And he's not he, he's not afraid to go with unusual music, but he's also not afraid to go with no music. Mm. And he he understands really well when music isn't needed in a scene. And mm -hmm. so it's it it's been it, there's always been a scene in in each film that we've done where there was music and then ultimately he decided that the scene was so scary it didn't need music. Mm -hmm. And so in this film it's the um it's the sequence with um where the park kids have come to they're they've oh, yeah. come to the barn. They're out in the in the in the stables, uh punking OJ. And yep. uh it was there was a lot more music in that scene for a long time until Jordan got it just right. And then he chose no, no music or very little. And when I first heard it with the audience and I heard how tense people were in that scene, I knew that he had made, you know, nobody gets those choices right like Jordan. I love that. Yeah, no, because you're you're 100 percent right. I've seen the movie twice now with an audience and both times the audience is absolutely squirming in their seats during that moment. <laughs> so. You mentioned about a commonality, if you will, between you and Jordan across these three films. Uh, can you talk about, uh, you know, maybe just a little bit more, what is the one thing that's been consistent across all three films and what specifically sets Nope apart the rest from the previous two? Oh, interesting. Um, the, I would say the commonality is, uh, well, it's Jordan's vision. You know, I was, I have, I have learned firsthand really what his what 
makes a Jordan Peele film and what hit, what sorts of ideas interest him. And so I think I can now write with Jordan's aesthetic in mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great thing because it, uh, I feel like I can, um, any idea he has, I already have a sense of, okay, this will work for him and this won't, and that, it's, that's great. Uh, what's different is that this film is, this film is an epic. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's an, it's on a grand scale. It, it tells a bigger story visually and, and emotionally and, um, and has so many different references and is, um, a really entertaining summer movie. And yet it's not what you expect. No. So that's the thing that it's, um, kind of his vision ramped up to a summer movie, I think is sure. what this one is that neither of the others are in any way. And then also too, I know you've talked about a couple of scenes and moments here. Is there something that we haven't discussed yet that you're particularly proud of either a scene or a piece of music uh, that you, when you were finished working on it, you were like, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay oh, well, with that. <laughs> gosh, I, the, it's hard to pick it, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. Like, Mm-hmm. The most of the score occurs in the last act of the film, where it yes. really turns into it really turns into an epic adventure. And I really um, wanted every single one of those pieces to really capture, you know, that part of the scene. There's a, but the probably the most, the kind of me, most chill out one is the one where they're preparing for the, you know, in every adventure you've got the scene where they're all preparing to go on the on the last battle and they strap on their gear, you know. Yeah. And in, in Nope, we have that, but it, it's it's much more low key because they're dealing with, you know, they use um the they use the uh um now I can't think of the word of what it would be. The thing the the items from a monopoly game on their Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the game game board pieces they use their game board pieces and they use um they use a a, a 45 record and they use these sort of found smaller items rather than the, um you know battle gear and they use a, a mechanical camera and they but the it's that same thing from movies the the team coming together you know mm-hmm. so there's this kind of I used the theme that I used for OJ and Emerald's Haywood family relationship in that scene. And it, the, the, so it's, it's, it's a kind of anti battle montage, battle montage. And that cue is called uh, preparing the trap. And I just, uh, I liked that I had a chance to do that in kind of reverse. So that's, that's a cue to listen for that people might otherwise not notice. Life's better with American family insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. That's fantastic. I love that a lot. Uh, I'll have to definitely go back and re-listen to that one now. Uh, and then another thing, too, I'm, I'm always curious about how this works. In the early stages, uh, when the edit is coming through, um, are you ever using any kind of, like, temp music? Or are you able to, because of your relationship with Peel, get in early, essentially, and just start right away? 
Well, it, it's both of those because um, he likes me to start right away. Like he sends me a script, usually the minute that he feels comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I already get to be part of the pre-production process, which is um, which is really cool. A lot of times when you're on a film, you're not until, you know, right. till post. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and so I, I start and I give him different ideas. Um, but also now there are, you know, two other scores to temp with. So sometimes he, um, Nick, the editor is very musical and he, you know, is very able to find temp music as he wants to. But but the other thing is, is that um, some editors and Nick's one of them finds having music to be helpful in in deciding how to pace the scene. Yeah. So, so a lot of times the, um, the music is, is instructive in some way to me, but it's it's a useful tool for editing and assembling the film and figuring out what sort of pace for the the scene feels right. So mm-hmm. um, we between Jordan and Nick and me and the music editor, we're all kind of working on finding the score in our own different ways. If you if that makes sense. Sure, totally. And uh, two last questions here. One's pretty easy and straightforward. You've now worked with Jordan Peele three times. I imagine there'll be more collaborations to come. Uh, you're pretty relatively, I would imagine, like early in your filmography. Uh, so I imagine there'll be like more projects in general on the horizon outside of working with Peele. Is there a particular type of genre that you want to explore musically that you haven't had a chance to do so yet? Oh, uh, I haven't yet done a full out action adventure. Mm-hmm. So that would be super fun. It's something that's, um, I mean, I consider Nope to be that, but it, yet it's not, you know, so that it would be fun to do something that's, that's more so that's solely in that category, let's say. Sure. Uh, but I, but I also think that other genres, I'm, I definitely want to do a genre that I haven't done yet, you know, and, and, and an animated feature would be a wonderful uh, thing that I can't wait to challenge, to do as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Animation is definitely its own beast in a way. And so that would be really, really cool to hear. And uh, we're at the end here. I've so also, yeah, go ahead. But I also, I've, I've co-written an opera, which is opening at the LA Opera uh, this fall. It's called Omar. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> okay, then. That sounds like yeah. a blast. And that's in LA that's opening? Yeah, absolutely. I might have to hop on a plane and make my way out there. (laughs) Where are you based? I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay. Well, we don't have any Brooklyn dates yet, but then it's coming to Boston in May. So, so we may may come to New York. Maybe it'll make its way. That was actually going to be my uh, next question was what's next for you. So, I mean, that's a great answer to that question right there. Uh, I can't wait to hear, hear this. Um, in terms of it being just an opera, can you just tell me anything else like about like what like what the story is or anything? Yeah, it's uh, called Omar. It's about Omar Ibn Said, who was a, um, a Senegalese Muslim who was actually uh, enslaved in the Carolinas. But he is he could read and write Arabic. And so his autobiography is now in the Library of Congress. Wow. And it's, it's about it's really about the ability of faith to transcend even the harshest circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it, it um, and so, you know, opera is usually pretty dramatic and on heavy subjects, 
but it's uh, it and it's so it's on the one thing it's on a heavy subject, but it's also very uplifting. Yeah. It's, a, it's an inspirational piece. And it was it's co-written with Rhiannon Giddens, who's a Grammy winning MacArthur genius winning um, Americana and roots artist mm-hmm. and singer songwriter. So anyway, that's amazing. And I've already seen uh, Breaking at Sundance early this year, previously yes. titled uh, 892. So I know about your work on that one already. And I can't wait for well, that's what, a couple of that's, thank you. Thank yeah. you for doing you did that recently. That's coming at end of August. End of August. Yep. August 26th, I believe, from Bleecker. So that'll be great. Uh, I hope everyone checks out your score for Nope. I think anybody that's a fan of your work on Get Out and Us is going to find a lot to appreciate, even maybe more so with this one, because like you said, it's told on a bigger scale. There's so many different genres. And you're always keeping us on our toes with your work here. So I can't wait to see what you continue to do in the future. It's been just really fantastic getting this uh, this work from you these past couple of years. Well, you're really kind, Matthew. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Hope you have a good rest of your day. And thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. Take, Take care. care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the composer for Nope, Michael Abels, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Nope is currently playing in theaters from Universal Pictures. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.